outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 318, and we are back for another Rut Fresh radio episode in which we are getting the latest intel from across the country on the progress of the rut current deer activity, and how you as a hunter can have success right now. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Onyx. We are back here, Spencer and myself, for another Rut Fresh radio episode. That means we're talking about the latest updates and intel from across the country as far as the progress of the rut, as far as deer activity, as far as current conditions, and what all this means for us as hunters. Uh, When this comes out, we're entering, heck, what is it, the third week of November, somewhere in there, give or take. So if, if you guys are like me, you might be worn down, you might be a little bit exhausted, from the marathon that is the first couple weeks of November and and all that crazy rut hunting. Hopefully you got to spend a lot of time in the woods. Um, but I'm here to tell you Spencer that there's still some good stuff to come, right? There's, there's still reasons to listen. Yeah. 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 I think for sure. Um, and, and recently Mark in our whitetail weekly newsletter that comes out every Monday from meat eater, you had written in there that the end of October for some hunters is the preferred time to kill a mature buck. Can you go into a little bit more details as to why that would be? And you mean November, not October. Yes. Correct? I'm sorry. The end of the end of November. Yes. And so the basic gist, um, is that, you know, many of us think about the first two weeks of November being that most exciting period because that's the buildup to peak breeding. But if you live or hunt in an area where you don't have a middle of November firearm opener, if you've got a spot where you can keep on bow hunting without that added gun pressure right through the month of November, that third week can sometimes be the very best when it comes to that really old, big old giant buck. Because those old guys, they're experienced enough to know that there will still be some does coming into heat. So I've heard from folks, I remember reading from Don Higgins talking about this a while back, and a number of other people too that hunt in some states like that, that right around Thanksgiving, give or take, is a dynamite dynamite time. And I remember thinking this to myself, maybe seven, eight years ago, I was hunting down in Ohio 
and they don't have that gun season until December. So I remember being down there excited to finally be able to hunt in that like November 22, 23, 24, 25 period and, and not have it all be a bunch of hunters in orange and was hoping for some of that late November activity. And I sure as shit got it when in the middle of the day, a buck I'd been after, I was calling him Glenn at the time. He came cruising through at 1130. And then an hour and a half later, the other buck I was after, I called him Jawbreaker. He came through at 1.30, just cruising right in the middle of the day, looking for does still. And it was November 24th, I think. Um, and that's something that you hear from you know time and time again from guys that are pretty experienced and stick it out. It's something you can you can count on. So I don't get that luxury in Michigan. Our firearm season opened on the 15th, and, and everything kind of goes out the window after that. Um, not to say you can't still have success, but it's just different behavior. Um, but if you're able to keep going, if you have the time, if you can kind of summon the energy to keep after it, good things can happen. Yeah, and this is kind of an awkward time as a bow hunter to decide where to be because we're coming between peak rut and post rut. And so if, if I were picking a place to hunt during this time of year, I'm I'm thinking that I would still be looking for the same stuff that you were looking for like a week ago, doe bedding and buck bedding, pinch points, funnels, those kinds of places. But if I was gun hunting, I think right now I would look more to field edges where you can take advantage that extended, um, you know, shooting distance of, of two, 300 yards, whatever that is, and try to catch those does coming out in the evenings. And hopefully there's a buck following. What, what would your setup look like if you were bow hunting or gun hunting right now, Mark? Yeah. Well, I would say I would echo what you just said. That being the fact that does are still the ticket at this time of year. If you're looking for that old cruiser, he's still going to be checking those doe hotspots. So the doe bedding areas, doe feeding areas. Um, so, so plant yourself right there. I would tell you though, if you hunt in a state with heavy gun hunting pressure, and if you're in an area where there's a lot of other hunters around you, you're probably going to see a change in behavior as far as how deer relate to openings in fields. Because, you know, if you're in Michigan and 600 or 700,000 hunters have just been blasting at you for the last three days, you might be avoiding a wide open field. You might now want to stick to the cover. Um, that's not always the case. There's If there's pockets of pressure or pockets of unpressured land, those deer can still behave normally. But if you know that your ground has just been pounded, you might want to start thinking about that security cover. Try to find those escape zones, those little sanctuaries where bucks are going to get away from all the other hunters. It's a very different approach than targeting your typical rut areas. Um, but that is one thing you can do is take advantage of that gun hunting pressure because you know that they pushed them out of all the normal spots, find that safe zone where they escape to. And if you can slip in there undetected, you might be able to catch a buck that thinks he's, uh, got it all figured out, but, but unbeknownst to him, he'll be there. Um, so that's one other thing to think about. Yeah. And this is like a tough time of year to stay optimistic if you still have a tag and you're still bow hunting, but um, I think you said a lot of things there that made sense, Mark, and I think that listeners will get a lot of good intel from the people that we talked to this week as well. I want to hear who those people are, but before we do, can I give you a special hot piece of intel? Absolutely. This is, no one gets, well, I guess if people follow me on social media, they'll know this beforehand, but for podcast listeners, you're going to get an update before anywhere else about some news related to my hunts. I got a sighting of Tran last night. He made it through the opening weekend of gun hunting season. 
So the buck I've been after all year is still alive. And on that property, I can hunt. They just started picking the corn last night too. So the standing corn's coming down. My target buck is still alive. And I'm going out there right now to try to get a shot at him. So I've got a very, uh, you spoke about how it's hard to have optimism sometimes. Well, I just got a huge boost of optimism because when you get that corn coming down, there's nothing that's going to pull deer in like that. It's in a little secluded spot. And, uh, man, I all of a sudden feel really good about my chances at this buck again. And are you carrying a gun with you? I am. I'm going to go in there and, and I am a equal opportunity when it comes to weapons. So whatever's legal at the time I'm going to use. So Tram better watch out. And something that I'd like to take advantage of when you do have that harvest, harvest brings with it a lot of chaos. There's combines in the fields, there's pickups in the field, there's grain carts in the field. Um, take advantage of that. And if you have a gun tag um, or if you want to hang another tree stand, like drive an ATV into the field with tree stands on it and set that up or drive your pickup into the field and drop your ground blind off there and set up a ground blind. That's not going to look that out of the place following a harvest when there was all this chaos of machinery and noise and foreign objects and farm implements there. So a ground blind really isn't going to look that out of the ordinary. Um, I love to take advantage of those fresh harvests like this. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I'm, I'm planning on doing exactly that. I'm going to head in there and hunt tonight. If it doesn't work out tonight, uh, the next day I'm going to use, I'm going to finally be able to drive my truck back there. I'm going to go and set up a couple more cameras to be able to observe some spots I haven't been able to get to easily without making an impact. I might rearrange a tree stand, might throw up a ground blind, a few of the different things you talked about. I've got a one day window or whatever it might be, a one or two day window while this is all happening to take advantage of that chaos, like you said. So gonna swing for the fences see if we can't make some late season or well, late rut action happen all right mark well besides your report in michigan we're also going to hear from keith thompson in montana from montana whitetails and then kelsey young from knee deep outdoors in kentucky and then we go to florida and from the florida outdoor experience we talk to ryan nitz and then we go to Derek nelson in wisconsin from matthews archery good luck on your hunt with Tranmark, and we will talk to you next week all right, and joining us online next is Keith Thompson in Montana from Montana Whitetails. Now, Keith, in Montana, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'd give it a 9. It's really popped off here the last few days, surprisingly, because it's been getting into the mid-50s during the day, but it hasn't seemed to slow it down at all. Um, definitely bucks on their feet cruising for sure, so it's a a good sign for us coming for the next two weeks of the season. So what phase of the rut would you say that most of Montana is in for whitetails? Um, definitely here where we're at in Southwest Montana, they're, they're definitely seeking. Um, I've been glassing some fields here the last three or four nights and there has not been a single doe in the field that has not got harassed by every single buck that came through. I mean, it's, it's the time to be in the woods around here. That's for sure. What kind of fields are you glassing? Um, main food source out here is going to be alfalfa fields. Um, there's, you know, it's just it's basically the only food there is around here. You got some browse, but that's kind of weak this year. So the alfalfa fields have just been getting hammered, and it's just a, <laughs> it's been a doe frenzy. So the bucks have been really keying in on that. Would anything change for you with the food sources if we got some snow in that area, or would it stay the same? Uh, it'll basically stay the same. Like I said, there's, there's really not much else for them here. So as long as we don't get a super hard 
iced over snow here, we can, uh, we'll still target pretty much the same fields. If we're in that seeking and chasing phase in Montana, then are you seeing some midday movement right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a bow hunter this week kill one at 1130. Uh, Buck was by himself, said his nose was in the ground the whole time. He walked right to the base of the tree. Hunting some western open country like that, how do your setups change with gun hunters versus bow hunters during this phase of the rut? Uh, obviously, it's a little bit easier. Uh, we'll, we, with our bow hunters, we, we target the river bottoms. We, we'll hunt a lot of neck down points where the river might bend and it pinches them down to you know, maybe a 40 to 60 wide yard gap um, compared to, like you said, with the rifle. We can we can cover a lot more ground and, you know, there's different fingers that branch off some of the creeks that I'll generally walk with the gun hunter and we'll kind of do some spot and stalk for the whitetails for that. Are your hunters seeing any fresh sign in camp? Definitely. Yeah. I had, uh, one of my hunters came in, he hunted the stand yesterday and I took him in this morning. He hunted it all day today here at dinner. We were talking about, he said that there was two new scrapes in there within 40 yards of the tree that definitely weren't there yesterday. So are you concerned with the moon phase at all when you're hunting whitetails in Montana? I mean, everybody has their own theory, but basically at this time of the year, and I I think if you can get some decent weather and just be in the woods, I think it's going to happen eventually for you. So where are you running your trail cameras right now? Um, I have all them set up on scrapes still. They're, they're super active. I just went and pulled two cards tonight and I had three new bucks show up that, I haven't had all year long. And I mean, these, the deer have been pretty much homebodies all season. And these are three new ones. This is the first I've got new deer in, in probably a month. So that's encouraging to see. If we got quite a bit of snow, you'd expect that to drive some elk out of the mountains and change up where they're hanging out. If we got quite a bit of snow, would that change anything for the whitetails though? Or do you think they'd still be doing the same stuff? Uh, I think it'll probably stay the same. Like, they're they're kind of isolated in the river bottom here where we're at. So I know it would definitely help, though, if we got some, because it's going to push some of them deer out sooner into the alfalfa fields. It'll be a little bit easier to target them that way, I think. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Montana? I would I would have to say I hope it goes up. I mean, it's it's been so productive with mid-50 degree temperatures. If we can get it down in the 20s and 30s, I, I think it's really going to be good. I mean, I'd go nine and a half to 10. I would have to hope anyways. All right, Keith, well, good luck to your hunters in camp. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. All right. And joining us on the line next is Kelsey Young in Kentucky from Knee Deep Outdoors. Now, Kelsey in Kentucky, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10? Um, honestly, in the past couple of days, it's heated up quite a bit. So for big bucks, I'd probably say it's about a really close to nine or even maybe a 10. Um, we've had a very odd year with the heat and weather. So it's thrown the rut back really probably a week or two. And in the past couple of days, um, the big bucks have really been out in daylight chasing the does quite aggressively. So what phase of the rut do you think most of Kentucky is in right now? Uh, For the most part, I'd say they're really in the chasing, probably almost peak rut phase. I mean, we're in central Kentucky, so things may be a little bit different, more towards the western part of the state or northern part of the state. But for the most part, the deer's really, the does are starting to come in heat and the deer's really starting to chase and get on the tails a lot. So what is your preferred setup at this phase of the rut? Um, if I had a go-to setup, it would probably be really just in a natural uh, travel corridor for does because they're really starting to come into heat at any minute. 
a big buck could be right behind them. So I'd probably have to say I would set up just in a natural uh, corridor travel travel area where, you know, does come through frequently. If you think that that part of the country is a little bit behind with the rut right now, are you still seeing some relevant sign making then? Oh yeah, they've been the bucks have been wanting to rut for a couple of weeks now. They've been making a lot of scrapes. Um, I've actually been able to call a few small bucks in by rattling and grunting, so they've been ready for a little while. It's just they was kind of waiting on the does to get kicked into gear. So here, um, probably in these next coming days, I mean, if you can get in the woods, you really need to because it's going to get good. So where are your trail cameras at right now? Uh, I try to position my trail cams just on like a where I'm really where I'm hunting on the natural travel ways where does come through frequently because i mean if you got a hot doe and they're walking through that pathway a buck's gonna be behind them any minute so it's just a good way to kind of get an inventory of what bucks you still have alive and new bucks show up any day so it's a good way to figure out what new bucks have came through gun season's been open for about two weeks now in kentucky how do your setups change when deer responding to that pressure yeah, them for that first weekend, even second weekend, there's a lot of hunters out that's normally not out there. So the deer kind of go nocturnal on us. So we try to stick it out. I mean, you never, when they're rutting, you never know what's going to happen. But for the most part, um, we try to get as close as we can to bedding areas without bumping them out because they try to hunker down and stand there. And every once in a while, I want to slip out and mess up them for us. As we get into the later part of the month and we get into post rut, what food sources are you going to be focused on in Kentucky? The real bad dry weather and heat, um, most of our big kind of ag fields have been cut already. So deer's kind of um, going to natural browse. I mean, if there's still acorns on the ground or some kind of nut on the ground that you can see that deer's uh, coming to and feeding on, that's going to be the best case scenario for where you are. Um, that's really, with the ag fields cut and everything else, That's if you can get to a natural browse where you know deer's going to be, that's probably your best option right now. You've mentioned the heat and the drought a few times. Does that mean that you put a premium on water sources this time of year, or is that still not something you're really concerned with during the rut? Uh, no, water's a very important thing during the rut. Um, I mean, the big bucks are exhausted. They go miles at a time. So water, if you can find water in an area that they're using, that's a key place to set in on. Luckily, where we, where we hunt, um, there's a creek that runs right through the middle of it. So it's kind of water always there for them. But if you can find a water source that they are uh, frequenting a lot then that's the place you need to be too going forward then in the next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in kentucky uh, by this weekend i'm gonna say it's still gonna be about a nine or ten but i give it by if you give it five more days some bucks are gonna start locking down with them does and it's going to get a lot tougher um, the younger bucks will still be trying to chase and find some does so it may tamper off about a six or seven in about five or so days all right, Kelsey, good luck to you and everyone else from Knee Deep Outdoors. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Have a good one. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in 
ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. All right, and joining us online next is Ryan Nitz from Florida, from the Florida Outdoor Experience. Now, Ryan, in Florida, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Right now, this time of year, we're looking at about an 8. Um, and that's mostly because it's not 95 degrees anymore. We're starting to feel the cold weather. And I mean, with a flip of a switch, the bucks are out on their feet. What phase of the rut would you say that different parts of Florida are in right now? Well, I'll start, I'll start in the bottom where I am, um, South Florida. And that's typically, I would say Orlando South. Um, as far as the rut goes, I would say the main part of it is over. Um, you know, that that part is usually the beginning of bow season in September. That's when we see our really good rut here. Um, and, and like I always tell everybody that the Florida should be broken up into two parts. South Florida is a totally different part than North Florida. It's a lot warmer down here. Our temperatures stay a lot warmer down here than the, than it does up in the in Panhandle in North Florida. So our rut here um, can be anywhere from September, which I think is the best part till january and it could be any time at any point in time in between you could catch a doe, a doe in heat getting chased by a buck um as you move your way north central florida and, and northern central florida i think right now till thanksgiving is going to be the time to be um the cold fronts are hitting up there and um you know the oaks are dropping um not many people, you know, a lot of people who use corn to bait in deer, they're not seeing them on their corn piles. That's very typical this time of year because the acorns are dropping. Once those acorns drop, you are not going to get them on the corn. It's just not what happens. And then you got the panhandle of Florida, um, your Tallahassee, and that is not going to get good, I think, until December and January. It's very consistent with Alabama. So that whole part of the state that touches Alabama you're not going to see much activity. I mean, you know, you might start seeing it right now. Um, I'm not sure as a sign up there, but down here in the South, all our rubs are old. You're, you know, they're not bright orange anymore. You can see they're about a month old. And um, so that's pretty much where we are with the phase of the rut. You mentioned acorns briefly there. What other food sources should Florida hunters be keyed in on right now? 
Well, if you're a, a private land hunter, um, like I said, even if, if you have protein in there, the, the deer, now that it's starting to get colder, they're going to start thinking about food again. A lot of stuff down here in Florida is starting to die. It's not green anymore. So the, whatever is green, the, the deer down here will eat. It does not matter what it is. There's nothing, you know, down here in the South, if you're a public land hunter, um, there's not much to work with. And the deer don't really have much to work with either. So if you can find anything green, and most of the times that's going to be flag ponds, canals, anything like that, um, the deer will eat it. I've seen them eat twigs. So whatever you can find that is green and looks lush, those deer are going to be hitting it. What does a typical post-rut setup look like for you in your part of the state? Well, post-rut, so where I'm at in the south, we do get a second rut. And it is, it's just as good, if not better than the first one, I think, um, January, early January down here in the South, we always get a good rut. I've seen bucks fighting to the death the first week of January. Um, so down here in the South, it's a wild, wild West. You can be hunting, rutting bucks up until January, but I do think that post rut, you're going to maybe start, um, hitting the, the food sources. It's nothing but food source, food source, food source, food source. Um, and those cold temperatures, you can catch, I catch a lot of deer working flag ponds. And if you don't know what a flag pond is, it's just an open area and a pine flat that's filled with water. And you'll catch those deer in a cold winter morning, just sitting in those flag ponds, whether they're just, maybe the water's a little warmer, but they're also eating the little bit of what, whether it's an algae or whatever kind of greenery is coming from that water, you'll catch them a lot of times in those flag ponds. Do you plan for the moon at all this time of year? I don't. Um, I've never really been a moon guy. Um, if you know, I'm out there. I don't care if it's overhead, underhead, how big it is. I'm out there. Um, of course, you know the full moon. You know, I, I sit all day and I do see a lot of big deer on their feet midday on a full moon. I, I see it a lot. So, um, you know, a couple of days after a full moon, I think can be really good if you can sit all day. Um, that's just how it is, but I, I've never really been one to pay attention to the moon too much. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Florida? I think it's going to get even better. I'm going to say, give it a nine next week. Um, the temperatures are staying pretty consistent, which is good. You know, Florida, the winter can be very hit or miss here. You get a cold front for three days and then it's back to 90 and that hasn't been the case yet. It's been cold. It's staying you know, cold. And when I say cold, I'm 50 degrees to 70 degrees instead of 70 to 90. Um, so if it stays consistent as far as temperature wise, which it has, it's just going to keep getting better. Um, you know, those big bucks now, I don't, I don't think you're going to be killing them necessarily, maybe so much of the rut. It's just mostly the temperatures and the days are getting shorter. Um, so if you get a nice cold morning, good chances are that buck's going to be out there. All right, Ryan, good luck with that cold front. Thanks for joining me. All right, thanks, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Derek Nelson in Wisconsin from Matthews Archery. Now, Derek, in Wisconsin, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd put it right right around a 7, probably. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been experiencing this last week, um, you know, kind of what's known as, you know, lockdown. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the bucks that, people have been seeing you know they haven't been seeing have been getting photos kind of you know like a lot more nocturnal stuff um you know with those so 
um, you know, it was kind of, it was going pretty heavy kind of from, you know, probably the fourth through about the 10th. And then, you know, we, we've had a, a few days where it seems like it's been slowing down a little bit, but, um, it's kind of starting to break loose again from, you know, what I've seen and what a lot of my coworkers have been seeing in these last few days, especially this last weekend. What's your strategy as far as setups during the lockdown phase and then coming out of that lockdown phase going into post rut? Um, well, I mean, what I've been trying to do and, um, what a few of my friends here have been trying to do is, is, you know, hunting a lot closer to bedding than food and doe bedding in particular. Um, it's something, you know, I've been hunting a lot of, of public up here. Um, and you know, when we, you don't really have, you know, unpressured food sources to hunt, you kind of got to figure out where deer bedding and try to get as close as you can safely to those. And, um, you know, so if you can get in where, you know, traditionally there's been a lot of doe bedding, there's been a lot of buck activity on, you know, at the edges of that. And, um, that's been, you know, turning up decent results for a lot of people recently. So are you still seeing any sign making in Wisconsin? So, um, on my pieces, I haven't been, it's actually funny. I'm, I'm sitting in the truck right now. We're on our way back. We just pulled one of my buddies, just pulled the camera off of one of his pieces. And, um, it was funny cause his, his camera was set up on, um, like a big community scrape that he was, he was pulling his, his, uh, his camera down because there's actually other guys who are going to come in and gun hunt that piece. Doesn't want his, his stuff getting stolen, but he's, he went and grabbed it and got back in the truck. He's like, man, that scrape is still wide open. Um, which I've, I had a, you know, a few cameras on scrapes on a couple of my pieces and they kind of, you know, um, they hadn't been hit, you know, recently at all, but apparently, uh, they're still getting hit in some spots. So with that gun opener coming up this weekend, what's your strategy as a public land bow hunter when you're trying to account for that extra hunting pressure? (laughs) Um, that's a tough one. You know, I, um, I've hunted on public, um, during the gun opener a couple times and thought, you know what, I'm just going to get as deep as I can and, um, you know, try to hit some overlook spots. And I haven't had a ton of, a ton of luck with, um, getting away from people. Um, I mean, there's more hunters in the, in the woods, you know, this weekend than like anywhere else in the country ever. So, um, it it can be a little tricky. Um, so, um, you know, I, I'm not sure I really have an awesome answer for that yet, but I'll let you know if I find one. Are you doing any <laughs> calling or decoying during that lockdown phase of the rut? Um, yeah, calling actually, um, kind of this, um, the tail end of the rut when, you know, kind of this like desperately seeking phase. I know a few of the guys at work were just talking about how rattling can be, um, like, some of the most effective rattling you can have is right now. And, you know, my boss actually two days ago, um, like rattled in a good buck right to the base of his tree. Um, on Friday, um, before this past weekend, I rattled in a buck. Um, and so it's been, it's been decently effective, um, right now, just kind of got to be in the right place at the right time. You talked about when you're hunting public land, how it's a challenge to find those destination food sources, but what is the food Mm -hmm. that you are focused on when you are hunting those pieces? Ben kind of, um, primarily focusing on on you know corn as it's getting cut um has been i guess the most effective um for me um i actually on you know i i hunt a lot of public um but i've also got you know one little private piece that you know i've had access to as well and it was mainly all corn um this year and there's actually this one little 
this little kind of secluded cornfield, just probably like four acres up on the, the top of this ridge that just got cut um, last week. And I was in there like two days after it got cut. And I saw a lot of activity up on that cut corn and, you know, in the kind of the fields um, surrounding my piece, it all kind of came out probably a week before that. And you could tell there was a lot of like nighttime movement out in the, in the corn, but on my cameras that were on the edge of that, I was getting a lot of activity right at dark and after dark, just um, deer pouring into that stuff. So um, that's kind of been what I've been keying on. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Wisconsin? I definitely think, um, I think the gun season is going to have a little bit of an effect on it. Um, but I think kind of here as they're coming out of, out of lockdown a little bit and you're, those bucks are looking for the last few does that are, that are coming in. Um, I think, I think it's going to spike a little bit, but I'd probably put it, you know, around a seven or an eight again. All right, Derek, well, I hope you get a chance to use that new VXR. Good luck and thanks for joining me. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. And that concludes this week's episode of Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to Keith, Kelsey, Ryan, and Derek for joining me. And thank you guys for listening. If you want more great intel like this, make sure you're checking out TheMeatEater.com and subscribe to our Whitetail Weekly Newsletter, where you're going to hear a bunch more on the rut from people like me, Mark, and Tony Peterson. Good luck with what is left of your rut hunting, and we will talk to you next week. But until then, stay wired to hunt. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.